0: Hey, good afternoon. It's Erin Chamberlick with Get Better Wellness, and this is the Reclaim Health podcast. Coming to you today with a special guest. Now, we know that leading medical journals are publishing articles about the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus too, (laughs) and the resulting condition, which is coronavirus disease 2019. So we're just gonna call it COVID-19 and coronavirus for simplicity. The problem is the media is bombarding us with numbers and news about death, death, death due to coronavirus. And we know that the number of people being reported to have died from the virus is falsely elevated um, due to CDC coding system bias. So we don't know the true numbers, but we know that certain populations have a higher incidence of COVID-19 than others. So we want to specifically talk about the African-American population. And to help me with this topic today, I have invited a special guest to join me, Stephanie Gaines Bryant. Um, welcome, Hello. Stephanie. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, let me share your bio a little bit. Stephanie has been a radio news anchor for 30 years and currently anchors weekend news for WTOP Radio and produces one-minute health reports for the station. She's the owner of Radio Yogi Health and Fitness, a uh, yuga, <laughs> yuga yoga studio in Bowie, Maryland. And she hosts the Sisters for Fitness Wellness Show, which is where I first heard um, Stephanie. And that's on um, a community television station. So that show is the media arm of your nonprofit group, Sisters for Fitness. So does that address a lot of what you're working on right now? Yes, it does, indeed. (laughs) Good. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Now, your stated mission is to tackle the obesity epidemic among women, especially African-American women. Uh, Can you share more about your mission in that regard?
1: Yes. According to statistics, one out of every five African-American women are either morbidly obese or overweight. And so the mission of my organization is to get women moving, get women to uh, take exercise seriously, to eat better, and to share that information with their families. So our mission, as a matter of fact, every year, and we couldn't do it this year because of uh, COVID, but every year Sisters for Fitness does a 5K run walk in our town of Bowie, Maryland, and it attracts people from all over, from D.C., Virginia, and Maryland, women who just want to move toward greater health and wellness. So that's what the organization is about, and the A show I do, the Sisters for Fitness Wellness Show, airs in both Baltimore, Washington, and Bowie. And what we talk about are health issues concerning African-Americans, such as diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension. So I've interviewed pretty much every doctor in every area you could possibly name, just trying to uh, get information to the community because knowledge is power.
0: Amen. Um, so I'm glad that you're doing that. And, and as I was hearing news reports about COVID-19, um, the the crisis being more prevalent in the African-American community, um, I knew that you would have, you know, some insight into that and, you know, why they're contracting the virus at disproportionate rates, um, and, and so it's, it's going to tie to those underlying chronic diseases. Um, what, what are you seeing and what do you think about that?
1: Well, African-Americans make up uh, 12, 13% of the American population, but we are 30% of the number of, of people who are correct, uh, contracting rather uh, coronavirus. And the old folks used to say when African Americans or when the regular rest of the population gets a cold, the African American community gets the flu. And we're seeing that with this uh, COVID 19 situation. We're seeing that we're contracting it at at a much higher rate. And there are several differences, there are several reasons. One of them that I would like to begin with are disparities, health disparities within the community, not having access to uh, uh, hospitals and and, and doctors and health insurance. So a lot of times by the time we do get to the doctor, especially and we've seen this many, many years with things like breast cancer, by the time African-American women get to the doctor, it's stage four. So I think a lot of it has to do with with access. A lot of it has to do with uh, uh, living in impoverished communities. A lot of times there is no social distancing for a lot of people. If they're living in a city or living in an apartment, you've got 10 people living in the apartment, grandma, mom and dad the kids, maybe an aunt or uncle. If you're living in that type of situation, how in the world can you social distance? Right. So there are several factors that, that uh, absolutely go into that. Also, once African-Americans contract the virus, we are more likely to be hospitalized and end up on a ventilator because we have higher instances of diabetes, of high blood pressure. Of certain types of cancers, so those are the reasons that I've seen. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I um, I agree. There's you know disparities, and you know anybody with a chronic condition, asthma, obesity, diabetes, kidney disease. These chronic conditions make getting you know COVID nineteen more damaging, and so I did read that what you were sharing about the numbers being. you know, I had like some city numbers that I wanted to share. Um, from there's published studies being published right now, so we can get a lot of information on this virus, even though it's you know relatively new here. But um, so you said thirty um, percent of the cases are in the yes. African American population. So in Chicago. Yes. Um, more than 50% of the cases and nearly 70% of the deaths involve black individuals. Although in that area, it's, um, going to be, there going to be 30% of the population. And this is really in a concentrated area of Chicago, the South side in Louisiana, 70% of the deaths, whereas, um, Black people make up 32% of the state's population. Michigan, 40% uh, versus being 14% of the population. So those were, you know, shocking numbers. And, and and I automatically think of different things that I'm, you know, like you're talking about the aspects of um, access to care. Is it true that... Um, if you're African-American, you tend to not have primary care physicians, right?
1: Well, it, it depends on what type of job you have. Because, of course, whatever type of job you have, the better insurance you have. So you do have a lot of people who see the emergency room as their primary care place exactly. to go. Mm-hmm. And so you may be hearing that testing is readily available for everyone, but that's not what I'm actually seeing. And I think the key to this will be testing. But it's, it's going to be tricky getting into certain communities to be able to do the testing. So there's got to be a plan to, to get into the communities. And I don't know whether that can be through the church or, or through the barbershop or the beauty salon where you can get into these areas, test and see how this is spreading. That's the only way things are going to get better.
0: Right. So there's less access to healthcare in general and um, using the emergency room. Uh, But what I'm hearing is that if you show up at an emergency room, uh, they don't want you, you know, it's, it's, you're called a gomer, get out of my emergency room, G-O-M-E-R. And if you show up in the emergency room, no matter what race you are? If you have a fever and a cough, shortness of breath, they turn you away and tell you to quarantine at home. And like you said, these uh, family units or people living together—if there's ten people in the home—you could take the whole, you know, group down because you're being sent home and not being cared for properly. So people aren't getting treatment, and the testing is, you know, just not working in all communities. The access is especially- there.
1: And if you um how are you how are you counting people if people are being sent home from the emergency room who are showing symptoms, how in the world can you tell me that you have an accurate count of how many people actually have the virus mm-hmm. there's so much it's it's going to be interesting two, three, four years from now um to see how many people actually had the virus and I don't know if we'll ever know those numbers but of course in several years we'll we'll have more information than we have now but it's like we're not taking the steps to get the information we need to come up with a game plan.
0: And it's um it's so political (laughs) that you know I'm I'm a nutritionist I help people fix their health with food first. And, you know, I've got my book, The Reclaimed Diet, where I've got stories in there of people reversing type 2 diabetes, getting off medications for high blood pressure, cholesterol. You know, a lot of the chronic diseases are because we've been given the wrong information about food, and our physicians are not trained to educate us in an appointment or paid to take more than, you know, 10 or 12 minutes in the insurance model to educate people. So it's really a grassroots movement trying to just get this message out. But the first thing I thought of was, um, it's got to be related to vitamin D levels across the board. But, um, you know, is that something that you've been reading about or thinking about that, you know, the African American community has lower vitamin D levels?
1: Well, do you know, what's interesting is a lot of times you'll go to the doctor for diabetes or high blood pressure. And they'll say, well, you need to lead a healthier lifestyle. What exactly does that mean? Does that mean you should be taking vitamin D? Um, does that mean that you should be exercising? If you are exercising, how long, if it means changing your diet, what should you be eating? We're given, given this, this broad uh, think this broad task, uh, uh, you need to lead a healthier lifestyle. But what exactly does that mean? Right. Um, as far as right. vitamin D uh, uh, is concerned, a lot of people don't know what vitamin D is and how it can help.
0: Mm-hmm. It's huge. And I, I think that uh, alone is one of the problems that our standard medical practice, they don't understand the value of that. And that a lot of the people that are getting sick, its it's got to be tied to low vitamin D levels. And by, if you're adequate, um, you're going to be able, it, it has antiviral effects, and it directly interferes with the virus replicating. It's going to improve your immune system, and it's anti-inflammatory. So and it's cheap, you know, vitamin D is cheap, but people aren't being tested and nobody knows what their vitamin D levels are. And it's a, it's a whole bunch of problems around a simple solution. Um, So there's no reports that I've seen in the science talking about vitamin D status among infected persons. And that, you know, is so huge, but we're working in a a pharmaceutical model where that's not even a, you know, a topic of conversation.
1: So what you're saying is that you believe that vitamin D
0: is the problem? I believe that we won't get as sick if we have adequate vitamin D levels. Um, Like I said, it lowers the virus replication rate. And this is all long Known, well-known, established science that people can look up on pubmed.gov. But if um, the virus isn't replicating, it's not producing those inflammatory molecules called cytokines and, and causing that inflammation that injures the lungs, that leads to pneumonia. But vitamin D is linked to so many things that have to do with our health and wellness. And it's a sunshine vitamin. And we've been Told to be afraid of the sun, put on sunscreen, don't stay out in the sun, and we're all deficient. And if you have dark skin, you have five times the problem that someone with you know light skin has. And and I test people all the time, and nobody has sufficient levels of vitamin D unless they're supplementing. So I think it's a huge key. I think it's um, important for our immunity. I think it's important for um, diabetes and preventing cancers. At uh, one time I saw there was 17 types of cancers that could be prevented with adequate vitamin D. So this is the kind of information that regular people aren't being told that could really help them to stay well and have a healthy immune system.
1: Um, I hate to play the devil's advocate, but I will. Sure. <laughs> but with such a new um, virus, how can and we don't know exactly what the virus is we're still learning new things every day about the virus how can you say for sure that that it it, it may contribute just like i mean if i take a multivitamin every day I'm, I'm going to be a little bit healthier but how can you say that that would contribute to a cure that's I, a big yeah. claim for for uh, uh to make at this
0: point it, it's in the science that having adequate vitamin D levels supports your immune system. So we do everything we can do to have a healthy immune system because God created us to be able to fight viruses. And if you're healthy and don't have those comorbidities, you have a better chance of just having a mild case and dealing with it on your own versus going into a hospital and getting a ventilator Um, so it's food first, you know, adequate nutrition and hydration, vitamin D status is huge, there's a lot of things that come from nutrition, vitamin C, but vitamin D is sunshine vitamin, and you can't really eat it, it's in a little bit, you know, like cod liver oil, some salmon, and, but it's not, people aren't getting enough, and I just encourage, what's
1: your, what's your explanation for people who live in places like Florida and Arizona where people spend probably a lot more time outside and are getting more levels of vitamin D than we are here in uh, Maryland or where I'm from in New Jersey. How do you explain that they're contracting the disease, maybe not at the rate of people in New York and New Jersey, but people in those sunshine areas are contracting the, the virus as well?
0: Yeah, if um, people, I, I think there's probably information about this, but it's more prevalent in older Americans. They're not outside. And it's uh, if you are outside, you're putting on sunscreen, so your skin isn't making vitamin D. Um, so I think there's, you know, a lot of people aren't really getting enough sunshine every day to make enough vitamin D because your skin has to be exposed Um, without sunscreen on and as little clothing as possible in order to make adequate. So we're, none of us are really living that life unless you're a lifeguard or, you know, beach bum or something maybe, but we're just using sunscreen excessively. Um, And, you know, all we would need would be 15 minutes of sun, you know, a day, but we just don't do that anymore. We're not outside anymore. We're sheltering in place right now. Um, And, and so it, it's just one piece of the puzzle. It's, it's all about things we can do. And um, that's one piece of things we can do to support our immune system. But it it does connect right back with, um, you know, if your vitamin D levels are low, it contributes to cardiovascular disease, cancer, infections. So that to me is just a message that would be real easy to, to share with people that somehow that would be an easy supplement to put into people's hands somehow that could help, you know, could help, uh, and the information about food and movement and, you know, we just weren't meant to eat that standard American diet. And, you know, that's what everybody's getting. If they're being served through an institution, that's what they're getting. So that, um, there's just, you know, the relationship and there's data um, in the science about, you know, colon and breast and kidney and ovarian cancer that has been compiled. And, and it does matter. Like right now we're in the winter months where if you're not supplementing, everybody, um, you know, unless you live in a, the southern hemisphere, is, is going to be low in the winter. So that's why there's a flu season. To me, it's it's because our vitamin D levels drop, and if they're adequate, we don't really have to have a flu season. So coronavirus is real, but we're not prepared physically to handle you know infections, any kind of flu, and this you know especially. So that that's what I was just you know wanting to bring up because it's the one thing that hit my mind when I said why would the African American community be hit harder besides the economic issues. The thing I thought of was vitamin D. You know, just it, that be my message. Everybody get tested <laughs> and see where you're at. Yeah,
1: I kind of I, um, I disagree a little bit. I think it's a lot, lot larger than um, vitamin D. I, oh, I, I, as I'm I not said, saying this say is the only
0: Definitely saying yeah. it's a piece. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, food is a piece. Um, exercise is a piece, fresh air is a piece, um, being exposed you know, to sick people and not having adequate protection, um, not having adequate medical care and being afraid to go get medical care when you need it and being turned away, it's, there's no easy answer, that's for sure.
1: And it's, it's, it's really sad too because we're about to open up a lot of states um, and, and a lot of people have no choice but to return to work environments that weren't safe to begin with and are no safer now as they return, but they have to feed their family and most people will choose to feed their family no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little frightening that uh, we're, we're about to walk into another situation that may be worse than what we're dealing with right now.
0: Yeah, I think for a while, we do need to just be very careful and, you know, do what we can for um, protecting ourselves and not exposing others as much as we can. Um, It's just, you know, important for the older um, population, you know, because there's such an increase in in, uh, infections there. But we do have to return to work because there's, you know, a lot of people are not able, like you said, to take care of their families and there's increase in depression and, you know, suicide and things like that, I think will be side effects of staying at home. And that's, yep. that's tough too.
1: But I believe that at some point in time, we have to return to work. I mean, we have to get the economy going again, but I think at least uh, the states need to meet not, not it shouldn't be a suggestion that, you know, if the states feel like it, they should meet these guidelines before opening up. I think the states should actually meet those guidelines. And a lot of the frontline people who are going to be the first to go back to work, I don't, I'm working down my basement now. So I'm one of those lucky people who I don't have to actually go into the office until they feel it's completely safe. Most people don't have that luxury. And the people who are less likely to have that luxury are African-Americans, people who are grocery store workers, people who are police officers, firefighters, nurses, uh, stock people. There, a lot of those people in those jobs are African-Americans who cannot work from the basement and have to go back to work. So what we're going to see is even more of a spike in the number of minorities who contract the virus.
0: So it's like here and now, and the answers aren't coming fast enough. So what what is your message that you want to leave, you know, listeners with? And um, what do you think you would like to see happen beyond, you know, we have to get our governors to doing certain things?
1: <laughs> I think we real. I think the answer is testing, testing, testing. We need to find out who's contracting the virus so that we can do whatever we can. Because if if we had not have gone indoors, things would be a lot worse. So we need to find out who's got it, who doesn't, who may have the antibodies, uh, uh, to to help with the people who do have it. We need to know where we are because you can't come up with a plan unless you know where you are. You don't know where you, you're you going unless you know where you are. So it's I, I don't know what the answer is, but while we're trying to get things together, I, I teach yoga to senior citizens. Mm-hmm. So, in and each time I teach, lesson is let's stay healthy. So let's continue, even though we're indoors, let's continue our exercise. Let's continue eating right. Let's continue trying to stay healthy until this situation, until this is resolved. And it may be a while, but let's stay healthy while we're in it.
0: Right. And that's important to encourage people to do that because a lot of people are like well i'm stuck at home i might as well just sit on my couch and binge watch tv and eat junk food and and that was okay for the first couple weeks but now we're going on like 60 days so we need to find ways to pull ourselves out of that and just good that you have a a way to encourage people that it's things that we can do at home and eating healthy and just sometimes they just Need somebody in their corner saying yes, take care of yourself it matters and this isn't the time to just fall into you know bad habits. this is the time to develop some new ones <laughs> well, Yes, yes nobody even though we're, we're separate, you know we're not alone but um, thank you for sharing your insight today. Is there a place that people can find your show online? Yes, it's sisters, the number four fitness.com
1: is our website. And also you can go on YouTube and just type in sisters, the number four fitness, and you should be able to pull up shows on a number of different issues.
0: Great. And, and I have enjoyed listening to some of your shows. All right. Well, thank you very much. Stay well, stay healthy and you too. Well, to keep thank you. With others. Thank you. Bye-bye. All
1: right.